0: hey guys what's going on this is my final intro it's weird to think that we've been slowly unveiling this interview piece by piece for almost a whole year not exactly a year but almost a whole year i really stretched it out as thin as i could make it but it's nice to have something to look forward to And it's not going to stop here because we have started with John Christ. With Ace Von Johnson riding shotgun as my guest co-host, we sat down virtually with John Christ and started going through the nitty gritty of his incredible music career. So keep your eyes peeled because in the very near future, we will start dishing out that John Christ interview as well. I guess he's also done this elsewhere, but what I really liked about talking with John is that he's got the BC rich guitar and he kind of plays it as he is telling stories. The dude is such a concise storyteller. One thing flows into another thing flows into another thing. In a way, it almost makes it hard to be thorough because John just so effortlessly is able to go from one piece to the next piece. It's a gift. (laughs) Also, don't forget, we still have the Franché Coma episode coming up. We're doing a live episode. We're pulling out all the stops with Franché Coma. We are determined to give you a spectacular show. We'll also make sure to leave a little time at the end so we can maybe do a little Q&A, which is what we intended the last time. And lastly, just to tell you a little bit about the Patreon, yes, would this not be an introduction without make mention of the Patreon or YouTube memberships? As I told you, I am embarking on some new projects in the near future, narrative and otherwise. Far on the outskirts of the big bad city where Eraserhead probably took place, in the black and white, foggy haze of white plains, Robert, a painter, struggles with the sudden demise and grisly resurrection of his best friend a rabbit named shadow now all robert wants to do is take the girl next door sydney to the jovial halloween ball and have a good time but it's hard to have fun when your best friend aspires to be a rock and roll singer and won't stop eating the people you know and there's so much more to it than that that is just skimming the surface and the Patreon and YouTube memberships help to make everything happen. What I really like about Patreon as well as YouTube memberships is the fact that, you know, in exchange for the support, there is Wonderful, interesting content that you come to this channel for, but you can't see unless you become a Patreon or YouTube member. So you join the club, you get exclusives, you get early access, secret shows, all sorts of goodies. Recently, we just had another episode of the Lodi Files go up, and that was the uncut, complete. Interview with Basil Gogos, the famous artist from Famous Monsters of Filmland, all on the Patreon. So make sure you check it out. All right, enough of my spiel. With that, thank you for sticking around and getting through all eight parts of this series with Irivon, and a big special thank you to Vaughn for being so generous with his time and sitting down and talking out this nitty gritty. I personally wonder if this has any good rewatch value. Like now that all eight episodes are out, can you go back to the beginning and just watch it all the way through or listen to it all the way through? Like It's hours and hours and hours of talking. That's gotta be good for some sort of long distance trip or maybe your work commute or maybe while you're at your job doing some menial task. That was my favorite part about podcasts. When I was at work, it just makes the time go by faster. All right. Enough out of me. Peace and hair grease. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just wanna thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents but what what here's another interesting thing why would and, and I, I oh I was talking about this with uh, with tank what the collector Jonathan Grimm let me ask you this why would Glenn have a 12 inch master made for a 7 inch record of of Night of Living Dead in your opinion
1: no, oh, I don't know. I don't th- he wouldn't. I don't think he would. Have, because he'd have to p- pay for twelve-inch plate. He'd have to pay for that mastering. There's no reason to to have that made if you're going to press a twelve-inch. You get a twelve-inch plate made. That's how you master. You know, masters onto a metal plate. You know, so there's no reason for that. He could have been considering making it a twelve-inch, but it doesn't make any sense because he didn't. He even doing the the died my darling they really the costs were just the same as you were making it out so it really didn't make any sense especially back that time when money was way tighter so i don't even know so has he seen this acetate
0: it's not an uh, it's not an acetate i think it's a i don't know maybe it is an acetate well what's interesting is yeah no it isn't well, it's a plate it's no yeah yeah, a yeah. Plate. What's interesting is
1: acetate is uh is is the vinyl if it's a right. plate, it's just a metal
0: right no, maybe it was just the plate, and it was in George Germain's possession, as I recall, and he was with Jerry, and they were they were doing something for George Germain, and he opened up a thing, and that's where they found all these plates, these misfits records plates and uh, and I guess this was before. This was before he turned stuff over to. Oh no, maybe it was after he turned stuff over. It have to be after he turned stuff over to Caroline. But um, the idea that if it was on a twelve-inch plate, that it maybe was initially intended as a twelve-inch record, and then for whatever reason, maybe budget costs, that it got sized down to a seven-inch. But I don't know anything about this stuff. Can you make a seven-inch record from a twelve-inch plate? Does it even work that way, or is there a way to do that, no. or is that just crazy?
1: No. What they what they do is um, the pressing, the actual pressing things, they put that little, they put the label on the little black and then it squirts out mm-hmm. as much as the and the little plates catch it. And then there's a little lay thing that goes around and trims off the excess. So if you're doing a 12 inch, it's pressed onto as far as the plate goes. That's when it stops, and then it gets cut off on the end. So if you were trying to do a twelve inch and make a seven inch, it would it, never happen. You know, that would never it just happen. Would yeah. work. That'd be great. Yeah. No, it couldn't be done. No, it couldn't be done.
0: <sighs> that's crazy. That's crazy.
1: And that's how they used to see. They used to send send you home or ship to you the seven inch. I think they gave it to you on the way home after the mastering. I can't forget. It was the mothers, and then there was the mastering. But they one was one way, one was another way, or one was one side, one was the other side. And they'd put them in a little um, cardboard envelope. It was like Weird. Perfect. Stick around. Not dropped. Not scratched. Or something. You know. So that would have been in a big cardboard sort of thingy. You know. Even for the seven inches. I have the Rosemary's Babies one somewhere. I don't know where they are. But that's what they. We all use the same people. So most likely with right. the Master Disc. Um, I thought we. I thought Glenn used Howie from Master Disc, who was a big big deal back then. And I think he told me to ask Howie and I think Howie by then was mastering like, I don't know, the Eagles or somebody, dead Fogelberg, you know?
0: <laughs> um, here, okay, we're gonna do two more things and then I'm gonna wrap this up because it's 4 a.m. and I have to wake up as well. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. First thing I wanna ask you about, which is what I should have asked you about at the very beginning of our conversation. In 1982, was there a flood in Lodi, or what do you remember about the flooding in Lodi that led to potentially the graveyard dirt breaking up and coffins floating around in water? What what do you know about that? Did that happen, is that real? What's the deal with that?
1: Oh, well, there's a flood like every other year in Lodi, so I don't remember one particularly, that was our graduation year, so I don't know if it would have been in 82. But, the, yeah, the flood would go up to, um, like, you would see the tops of houses, you know. It was just the way – it was right on a river. Uh, the river would overflow in no time, and there was nowhere for the water to go, and it poured off the highway. There was Route 46. It was horrible. You know, uh, there would be an overpass where the cars would just be stuck. And It happened every couple of years. Um, I – I remember it well as, as a kid, you know, like, look, you, you could swim down to John's house, you know? Um, um,
0: what about the coffins? I
1: The the thing, the coffins that was, there was a casket company. It was called Bridge Casket. And um, yeah, once it got flooded and yeah, some of them were floating around, but it was no big, it wasn't, they weren't coming up from the graveyards or nothing. It was just, yeah, it got, you know, that was, that was like one of those local, things you know like, yeah it flooded so much all the caskets floated away from british casket company could have been could have been one of those jokes around the pizza you know right in the pool yeah right no it wasn't wasn't that romantic no
0: and okay here's how we're gonna wrap this up in a super cliche way that's gonna make Erie groan but this is what we're gonna do first i want to thank you Eerie. A,
1: you want you you want you want me to say hey you're listening to the no such and such Dick, nope, dickhead
0: podcast nope 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 <laughs> I, that's not my mo okay that's not my mo i will okay. not ask you to do that um, oh i don't care not, all right i wouldn't fine. No, no i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it i want to know i want you to pick uh five misfit songs five favorite misfit songs five favorite sam haynes songs five favorite Danzig songs and I guess I also, oh, fuck, you know we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about what you think about all the other Danzig. Do you listen to any of the Danzig albums after you? Have you listened to any of that shit, or are you just kind of like out of sight, out of mind?
1: Uh, no, I, no I, of course I want him to put out good records. You know, I'm still, I still um, fan still, you know. I mean, I was a fan back then, and I was his friend. So, uh, yeah, when the records come out, I remember when my first ex-wife used to say Glenn's got a new record out and I'd be like okay let's hear it so she would she'd play it I'd say okay stop go to the next you know so I listened to any if it, if it didn't get interesting I didn't I didn't go on I would go next record come out I'd do the same thing I would be like if some riff or some sound good but as soon as he started going I was like that's enough. You know, or I hear some stuff. I was just like, no, this. So I wasn't really interested, but I do enjoy reading that the fans are, you know, are happy. They're they they do they do. You know, think it's kind of funny, you know, they they, they, they laugh at Glenn a little bit. They, they're they very respectful, which I think is very nice, you know, but they do poke fun of him now and again, but they're like, hey, but I still love him and he put on a great show. Like, they might give him some shit, but you know um i really liked it the fact that they said hey sound, hasn't sounded this good in 10 years things like that that makes me happy you know i i want everybody to have a good time the song's great um, i want him to look good i don't want him to you know i want him to sound good mostly but you know i want him to gracefully. you know i mean i don't know how much longer he's gonna do this you know <laughs>
0: Um, you brought up a very interesting point that is on my list and we forgot to cover this and real quick Danzig and the internet. This is a fascinating phenomenon that's occurred in the last 20 years. I would say really like 15 years where like Danzig has sort of become like there's like there is like this cult around Danzig where like it's almost like the internet Takes special focus on danzig because danzig takes himself very seriously or at least on a public level he takes himself very seriously and as a result you get all this like internet shit what like what do you think about all that or what was your reaction when you start and i'm i'm sure you've seen some of this stuff like i mean what like what goes through your head when you see all that stuff
1: it makes me laugh because um it was going on when I was, you know, in the band and when I knew him and stuff. And I was for some reason I was thinking about, Oh, I remember when you had to explain who, who you know you were in the band and who this guy was and stuff, because nobody had heard of the Misfits and stuff. And he had to say, you know, like, Oh, you know, the singles Glenn from the Misfits, you might have heard, you know, but you couldn't say, you know, what's that like dancing? You could say, well, dancing you know that song mother that's all you have to say because everybody knows that the guy at the grocery store today said i heard you were in one of those bands you know and stuff and he's like i said he said what song would i know from yours i was like how old are you he said 45 i said mother and he said yeah yeah my wife liked that band or whatever you know <laughs> so yeah that's what i deal with yeah no yeah, that's that's different
0: Let's do the top five of each. This is your top. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Top five each. I can't. Edit. I can't even <clears throat> remember all the songs. I can't remember all the songs. Yeah, of course, you remember the songs. I like. No, no, I really don't. I haven't listened to them because they the production is so terrible. It's like why bother? I'd rather play them with somebody because the kids always want me to get up and sing "All Murder, All cuts All Fun" or play guitar, play do bass, you, or whatever. Are are
0: you? So I I can remember those do you does it bother you the way that some of those albums are mixed
1: yeah the whole thing the recording and the mixing you know it could have been so much better but that's just you know that's just what way it was what we knew it was more about getting back on the road you know doing the band thing and and putting out records that we liked and doing something we thought was going to be our the rest of our lives you know so that was that was like come on let's get going so it was, we took it all seriously and we did the best we can. So it's very, very easy for me to go back and say, Oh, I would, you know, cause I know so much more now, you know, I know how to make a, a better sounding record. So I could do this. But back then you didn't know nothing. So I don't, I don't feel too, I don't, I don't lose a lot of sleep. But...
0: <laughs> um, all right, let's do this top five each. And, uh, uh, a song that you would recommend. Well, how about do you know?
1: Do you know like the albums? Like, could you tell me what's on each album? I can tell you which one I like on that. I album. could, I
0: could, I could do that. <laughs> but that's not the point. But there's, it's the point is that you're picking five songs from each band. It can't, I can't just, I can't just go album by album for all three bands and then you pick, you cherry pick songs. You got to pick five songs that you know you love all right all right stop explaining.
1: stop explaining stop <laughs> explaining stop explaining all right okay um let's see <laughs> misfit songs i like uh, the whole three hits from hell ep i like that's my favorite record okay
0: so those are three songs that's that's three songs right, songs right off there. the bat that's a little um, lazy but i'll, I'll accept
1: l- it yeah too bad um yeah the i really like the version of uh Night of the Living Dead, or is right there. I'm not sure. I think it's Night of the Living Dead on Twelve hits from Hell. Okay, and okay. that's four. I've always, I always liked the Walk Among his version Twenty Eyes. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. now I liked how Five. they kept alive the from Jerry Countdown. Jerry went, "This one's
0: called Twenty oh, Eyes. Yeah, it's
1: I, from that rich
2: show." You know? um
0: yeah. Let me ask you yeah. this what is you have one song someone's never heard of the misfits before and you want to encapsulate you want to recommend the misfits or you want to be like okay you can only they can only listen to one song to get what the misfits are entirely about you have to pick one song that encapsulates everything about the misfits yeah, that yeah, want i understand
1: suffer. i understand that yeah i get it i got it on the first five seconds yeah there i tell go. them to listen to london dungeon that would be i would say london Dungeon. Okay, you know that's okay. That would because it's it's all about the attitude and the image, and that would get them. And then it would, then the faster songs and stuff would would make more sense. But the guy, it's all for me. The Misfits were all about singing, uh, the romantic, the horror, the romance of like the whole horror movies, and you know that the that the way it sounded, you know. So that's a great example because it sort of it bridges gap between static age and like walk among us you know
0: do you want to know what i would pick the one song that i would recommend do you want to know eerie
1: course i do yes i'm dying
0: okay i would pick astro zombies good song
1: great what do you, th- what do you think about
0: my pick do you think it's a good pick?
1: yeah who cares they're all great you yeah. could have picked anything but i do like that i don't like nike i think that's a ridiculous song
0: yeah but that's not a good um, first like song it, that's I not a good first stupid. song i wouldn't you be know. like hey check out the misfits here's nike a go-go you want something with woes? no see I yeah. think
1: yeah. See, but that's where you got to get hate breeders though. There's a lot of wolves. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Good point. Good point. Okay. Okay. Good. And point. Hate
1: breeders is that that mid-tempo kind of like that was Glenn's like, you know, that was Glenn's attempt at a hate song back then. I bet that "Die Die My Darling" was supposed to be his next single. You know, from that that one show. I remember I recorded that off, of the, the I've got a third-generation tape of the the channel show. So i i i did i recorded off the the uh the, the videotape on the thing it's here's our next single and he played my dollar he really that's why it was a 12 inch because he thought it was gonna be a
0: wait a song. minute wait a minute you were up at the channel club show
1: no no i couldn't go my uncle died that weekend so i didn't go because i stayed home for the funeral but i i uh, i was supposed to go and but I got a copy of the As um, when they got back like that week or whatever. I, I, you know, so, somewhere having a uh, original, just, it was a copy off of Jerry and Doyle's tape. Wow. So it probably went from those guys from that deck to, you know, so it's like
0: third. Pristine. Generation. That, and that and in was, yeah, pristine, was, considering.
1: No, no. Yeah. Considering what you
0: considering, see. Considering, considering
1: yeah. lately, but, but and then I had the whole thing audio taped on a cassette and I used to listen to that. Um yeah, it looked pretty good um, of wow. yeah, considering. But um it's still a train wreck, the whole thing. Like if you turn it on and you're there in the mid- they're in the middle they in the middle of the song, you have no idea where it is, you know.
0: And that's that's pretty <clears throat> much what it was. But it was a good looking one. Yeah. Um do you think that it never would have worked out with Bobby and Doyle in the band, but had they somehow made it work as a five piece where you had Bobby's guitar finesse and you had Doyle with the image and doing like his rhythm thing. Do you think that it would be like they are
1: doing now? (laughs) Like they are doing now. Literally,
0: literally like what they're doing now, but with Bobby, you know, do you think that it would? Yeah, have? yeah,
1: it could. They could be doing. They could be doing what they're doing now with Bobby, if they could just get along. Like Bobby and Jerry have some kind of problem. Um, I don't think Glenn has a problem with Jerry. He, you know, over the years, I've heard him say things that sounded kinder uh, uh, towards him or about him. You know, so I think Jerry and him had some kind of problem because I think during the loss to this is a story I heard, I could be wrong, that it, if Bobby wanted to be involved, you know, in the, in the four or five people that were going to have their name on the suit as whatever, you know, the plaintiffs, I guess, um, he, Bobby had to do a cer- certain amount of legwork, you know, to help the cause. And, well, Bobby's got a bad leg, and it, well, when you say legwork, that means actual legwork, which I would think would just be on the phone work. Um and Bobby, they said we need you to go up there and check these record stores and do this something like that. It's some kind of legwork, and Bobby said he couldn't do it. And then Jerry said, "That's it. You're you're not involved in the lawsuit." I'm not sure that exactly what happened, but that's what I've heard. So it could be, it could be, it could be that. Well, if I heard it, you heard it, you know, because I only heard it, you know, mostly through the grapevine we never talked about the lead lawsuit stuff, and even with Doyle, I never talked about it. I probably talked about it more with Tom, and he didn't really know anything. But you know, there was all There was always talk about like numbers and things. And, you know what they had to do. I but I did read that uh, that the thing about when they settled the the uh, the the recent thing the last ten years ago, whatever it was, that they were going to do t- ten shows and. And that was it. And I, all along, when I heard about the reunion, I said, oh, yeah, they'll do those 10 shows, and they'll see that it's worth damn." And they'll do more shows. They might go to Europe. You know, they'll be like, you know, they'll make it easy, though. They'll fight all, all the gigs. They won't have to do anything. They, they probably won't. They'll, they'll, they'll rehearse if it's really important. If I know Jerry, he'll be rehearsing every day anyway. You know, um, he'll probably be calling Doyle and saying, hey, you got to come over and rehearse the song. To rehearse the set, and then all Glenn has to do is show up, you know. And a guy like they'll they'll call Lombardo or whoever, you know. I mean, I'm sure he would drop it. to give him enough notice, so it, as long as it's easy, I can see them doing it for the next five or ten years, you know. Oh no, I I think, no. I, I think it's
0: I I think it's gonna be cat it's gonna be cash sooner than later, man. I can't, I just can't, I don't, I feel like it's. Um, I don't know I don't know how much longer it could possibly go on I will say this I remember right after the Denver Riot Fest show that was the first show they did and I remember be- feeling such a sense of urgency to go to the Chicago one because in my mind I was like I don't like they might have like gotten into a big fist fight after the show like they might not even do the second show Maybe there won't be another show like this is literally the only chance to see this happen. Like you've got like who knows how long this is going to sustain for. And much like, you know, democracies and countries, two countries with McDonald's, generally speaking, are never going to attack each other because money. So, you know, it's that it's that kind of thing.
1: Well, this, you know, these days it would definitely be, you know, whoever was thinking about. Oh, we can't do this because we'll get sued, or we'll lose this money, or whatever. Something could could be easily done. Like Glenn would just say, "Fuck it, I'm not doing it." And he wouldn't do it, you know, because he doesn't care if he gets sued. And like, it's one of those things. It's more of an Italian thing where they do, "I'm not doing it just because," or "I'm right. not doing it because of right. some dopey reason." Right? You know. So it, it was totally possible, and I thought of that too, um, but. You know, cooler heads prevail, and you try to Gladly. explain yep. um, everything. Everything is about business. Even if somebody has to sue you, it's still about business. It's not personal, but I knew you would want to talk to me about it anyway. But no hard feelings. And if you were a mature businessman, you would say, Yeah, I understand it's about business, you know, whatever. But nobody likes to get sued, and nobody likes to, you know, give up money that they're. That they owe but they don't want to give it up anyway but it's more of an italian thing you're like yeah trying to separate the money the business from the pleasure doesn't always happen especially with the italian you know so i could have seen it happen both of those hotheads going crazy over over the artwork on something or you put but your name is a quarter inch bigger than mine
0: right Right, exactly that, exactly that. All right, Sam Hain, five songs, Sam Hain. And one song that you would introduce to someone. So someone who's never heard Sam Hain, you want to show them what Sam Hain is about. So five and one, go ahead. I like um,
1: November's Fire. It's got that nice jangly guitar thing. And it, it it was a little classy, I thought. And I loved Glenn's delivery on that. It was like sort of that monotone thing. Yep. You know, and <laughs> I remember that having a lot of nice little bits about it. Um, uh, what was, uh, i like, um, I can't remember. Uh, I like Let the Day Begin. Um, I like, uh, All Murder, or All my, all fun. It's gotta be my favorite. Um, uh, He Cannot Be Named is always a big, oh,
0: love that, love that song. And, um, I don't know.
1: One of those other ones. Something, oh come something
0: on! Off, something
1: off of. Um, uh, all the see, all the songs on Unholy Passion are all psycho. You know, they're all like hungry and, and I am misery and all those. They're all nuts old songs. You can't. They can't be a favorite. You know. Um, you gotta just you gotta pick one. One other one. You you gotta, gotta be pick- one another one off of Initium that I'm forgetting about. You know, I don't really like Black Dream. that always was annoying. oh, I liked in my grip was that one of my
0: great songs? song, great song yeah, I liked
1: it in my grip because what that you mean? is that me a, a misfit hell.
0: song? It's a friggin November coming fire song uh, yeah, I liked that one. It was
1: hard to play though because that was just the r in my grip the r, you know the whatever the misfit song was um, what was oh green hell the one it it's, it was really long, you had know, that long guitar. You know where we just stayed on the chord while glenn did like, like a whole verse without changing it's like oh yeah 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 that's yeah yeah does the most. yeah
0: see that no, you know that was what
1: in my group that was our green hell you know, you know what else to too? Play.
0: you were talking about yeah. that in an interview uh what's that you were saying what's that sam haynes song that reminds me of green hell and you know what i thought i thought you were talking about the birthing i thought you were talking about the birthing isn't that hell, that's very similar now,
1: I don't even I don't even remember that one um, all the stuff off the the fourth one I don't Final remember descent. I do I do remember I liked the demos for that was supposed to be that for like the, the twist to cane oh, I had that great. somewhere I had that somewhere on on a cassette that um just said Sam grim on it and it had I was trying to remember if um if if the Twister Kane had had the riff in it, or if it was just buried in the mix, or that the riff came with Ruben, like he heard the riff and said, "DJ put this riff." In? I can't remember because I knew I loved well, the, the riff. Is the it's a Glenn chugging sang. riff?
0: It's the 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 original Sam Hayne version. It just chugs. It's whatever, however it goes. It just yeah, it just chugs yeah, along. Now. You know. Um, as opposed to uh, the twist it's, of cane, which is like slow, it's,
1: it's it's a and uh, C, okay. Yeah, it's a and C,
0: yeah.
1: But his his vocal, uh, and then it goes to D,
0: yeah. But what's so cool about those D. versions, what's so cool about those D, versions, D flat,
1: D, D sharp,
0: yeah. Go ahead. No, but what's so cool about those versions is that he's singing them with like that Sam Hain growl. He's not doing the danzig like, you know, purr. It's like the Sam Hain bark, growl, whatever you want to call it, on what essentially were gonna become Danzig songs. I like that. I think it looks cool. Sounds cool. Okay, pick one Sam Hain song that encompasses how you would introduce Sam Hain to someone who's never heard Sam Hain before.
1: i play more better. You know, if they can handle that, they can handle all the rest of it.
0: Do you know what I would? Do you know what I would pick, Erie? What? I
1: would,
0: pi- I would pick the shift. I
1: don't know. It's just another song. It was just, part, it, was just, it was just another part of a song. It was supposed to be three, three parts, and it was only two parts. Oh. So oh.
0: Like, okay. oh, my God. I'm so glad. We almost didn't fucking talk about it. The urge. Tell me about the urge. Tell me about the third yeah. part tell me i never
1: heard i never heard it from all i know is he never wrote it he just told me he was gonna it was gonna be the third part i never heard any of it i don't think it exists in his mind maybe he just never got around to it i don't know why either he didn't write it or he didn't have the idea or it just wasn't good or you know i mean why put the two i mean the one song the how can stand by itself i didn't see what so I think he probably thought that, I don't remember talking about it, that he thought the two song- songs could could um, stand on their own and then he could talk about this mythical trilogy that was never gonna happen.
0: Wow, I'm so glad. We almost forgot to talk about that and I would have kicked myself by after this recording would have ended. That would have made me so mad. Okay, five songs from Danzig, one song as a recommendation. Uh,
1: I like Long Way Back from Hell a lot. Love it. Love it. Um, I like that whole record for the most part. Uh, um, Let's see what else is on that. Um, I like Pain in the World a lot. Okay. Um, That's two. It's just real dramatic. Um, Let's see. The only thing I don't like on that is Girl, which is probably your favorite song. Why would
0: you assume that?
1: Because every time you say something that I totally disagree with, I go like, <laughs> "Figures."
0: No, you want to know what? You know what's a great song? Fucking Sestinas is a great oh, on. one of the. Oh my god, one of the best Danzig songs ever.
1: Yeah, but all I can think about is the fat porn chick that Glenn got in the movie because he was banging her.
0: Oh my lord! Wait, in what movie? Oh, oh, in the no, in not the music movie, video. in the
1: video. Right, yeah. right, right. And we we weren't we weren't even invited. You know, it was just like, I only went down there to do stills and I just gave him the film and left. I never saw what I shot. I bet you he never developed it.
0: It's just sitting Um, somewhere collecting dust.
1: (laughs) No, Blood and Tears was a good song. I I like that one a lot. When he could sing it, Sustinis was just a a version of that. Like another, he was like, well, they liked Blood and Tears. So instead of singing that song when he gets tired or in the middle of the set, when we need people to take a break we'll play sustain this and that's why we did that you know it's the way you work your set out you know just to make it more like either a story or just a a way for people to get through the show and still enjoy themselves you know
0: yeah no makes sense Uh, let's see left
1: left hand black's one of my favorites yeah so that's four yep um uh i am probably forgetting something
0: no love and for Danzig like, uh, one what's up with that
1: <laughs> yeah i'm thinking of that oh i love all the songs on there like end of time and mm. songs like that you know those, those real epic songs you know it's a great yeah it's well it's, i think they're they're very very similar but still really nice nice arrangements and stuff i think i still got to go with twist the cane because it's, it really gets people going. And it's always fun to play. You know, it's how I did most of the damage to my spine, you know. Really? So, there you go. And um, if I was going um, to, I really liked the M.I. Demon, but it's just bitch to play. And um, I had to develop different style to play it towards the end. But I was just like, I got to hit all the notes, man. But again, I can't do it like I used to, you know. Um, let me think what song I would, I would tell him to play. Um, I really think pain in the world is what I loved about it The It was this creepy, beautiful, like po- poetry, mood music that could be real heavy at one moment and real, real like tender at another moment and still, and still be cool. You know, and the chicks would dig it. You know that kind of thing, and so that are like um long way back from hell for the for the real balls to the wall kind of dancing that we were when we were on stage. That kind of thing, you know. But in the more dramatic moments, I like like seven seven seven. That's a great. I loved playing that live because it it had so much drama to it, and Glenn could sing it so well. then. And then it just came in and went all out. And then it just dropped and it got all quiet again. You know, it just. It Dynamics. Was, I really like that. Dynamics. Yeah. And, and that's the way we recorded them. That The way they sound is the way is because we played it that way. It's like we didn't play hard the whole time. And they just brought us down in the mix. We played it like it was a, a conversation, you know, or the yeah. way you were talking to the pretty girl, the way you got, you know, the way things had to be. You know, today they don't even think Of that stuff, I know it I was talking to somebody about that too They said, you gotta, it, it was it, We were telling a story and, and when you're doing that, you don't say it all the Same volume, and you don't say it all The same way, you move it around You know, Right. so that's what
0: People An- forget Another reason why you would love the Pixies Because they're all about dynamics Loud, quiet, loud, you would love it You will love Doolittle I'm telling you <clears throat> I know that
1: was a thing in the nineties or whatever. That they they, that was just a thing everybody did. You know, loud, soft, loud, you know, that was a thing. True. Yeah, Mel likes the Pixies. The my second reason I don't like the Pixies is the name, the Pixies. I'm not buying a record,
0: but Oh man, but if you ever hear Black Francis scream, you're like, holy shit. His
1: name is Black Francis. No. Yeah, I just, you know, I I don't, Black, care. I don't have Black. enough I don't have enough space in my brain for this. I've got better things to do or other music I want to listen to. So, yeah, I'll tell Mel you recommend them and that's as
0: far Good. as it'll go. Good. Do you want to know what my one pick for Danzig would be? Sure. Okay, I'm going to tell you Eerie. It's Possession. All right. Good for you. I really like that song a lot. I'm glad that I'm glad that you feel that way, that you appreciate that. I think it's honestly, I think it's it might be one of the best Danzig tracks out there. It's really, really, really good. Really good. Talk about a a, a song transformed from the original Sam Hain version, which is very subdued, uh, although interesting to what it becomes on in Danzig. It's great. Love it.
1: Yeah, it always it- it always felt like it was still a Sam Haynes song to me. I never really liked it. So, but I'm glad it's your favorite. It wasn't Let me tell I you thought. something.
0: Let me tell you something. You guys played that live, like early on, and those live versions of Possession that you did live, as you were just saying about like how you, it was like a conversation. Like, you guys were insane when you played that song. Played it towards the end of the set, like, ferocious. It was a ferocious, ferocious live rendition of that song blew my mind blew my mind listening to it
1: thank you i appreciate that i don't remember us being any more vigorous on any one song but uh, possession was just never one of my favorites it's it just it seemed like it wasn't going forward we're going like twist the cane it was a Danzig. was a sam main song but we had moved it now it felt like the new band you know what i mean yeah it was very like the past to me interesting yeah interesting. but it's i know but it still it still felt like a sam haynes song to me so that's why i don't really remember so much about it like i remember playing you know end the time and how dramatic i thought the you know that whole part was waiting at the end of like the whole thing was moving you know yep. like yep and then we were gonna go to the big you know the, the lights were flashed and all this, it was like yeah, that, it was a lot of drama in that stuff. That
0: was a closer, right? End of Time was kind of like a closer song.
1: Oh, I Finish can't the remember set. that far back, you know. Yeah, I know, but I can't remember what we used to do. Um, we did we did some songs that naturally went into other songs, but I don't right. remember exactly what we used to close with. I think we, we changed the set as whenever we felt like it. It wasn't like one set thing because we didn't have program lights or anything like that or no triggers or so we could we had options for middle set close you know the uh, closing and whatever seemed to work the best and then whatever on i do remember closing a lot with um opening up and also closing at a different point in time with uh um long way back from hell that was always my favorite no matter if it was open. Yeah, right. sometimes does, you would open it, it right
0: yes yes sometimes open yeah. and, 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 yeah.
1: and, ending, and ending it was just like it was such a great song to end the set with too because it just left you so hyped up you know and it was there was never let down and it's a great song it's one of my all-time favorites because i love the movie angel heart and i always thought it was it was written about angel heart you know
0: there's a lot makes of, a lot of there's, sense. there's a lot of angel heart. You know what? I think your best opener was like the best had to have been Godless was just what a killer way to open a show with, uh, just going in with, uh, Chuck biscuits, going crazy. Glenn comes out, goes crazy. It's just so, and talk uh, once again, talk about dynamics. There's a lot of dynamics in, in Godless. Same thing with how the gods kill, but, um, it's yeah. just, there's a lot of dynamics in that song, and it's and that's what makes it so great. It's a roller coaster. That song, friggin' roller coaster.
1: Yes, it was. You know, it was. I wish we had done more visually, but it. I think what what we were allowed to to use, you know, the songs and the way we played them. It, it did. It was nice. It was a nice, nice set. You know, you kept your interest. And, and we played the songs well. so I think it, everything was was really good and had you know the dramatic stuff it was there and the people liked it stuff you know made them crazy now and then you know it was all good shit, you know.
0: Erie, I want to thank you so much for this incredible career spanning. In depth conversation where you indulged every single one of my nerdy whims, you broke my balls, gave me a good ribbing when I deserved it. It was this was a spectacular conversation, and I just want to thank you, truly. Thank you for doing this.
1: You're very welcome. You know, as long as you don't like make people listen to the whole thing. Oh, I know, will. You, oh, keep I it will. for yourself and, and like and do like a nice two hours. You know, or (laughs) whatever.